The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hello, everybody. Hello, and welcome back to the Tech Cat Show. We, uh, we had a fabulous week in Vegas um, covering the NAB show, Advanced Advertising Content, live with the Voice America team on the show floor. And it was um, just a fabulous week of insights from a variety of people who are making new business models and creating new advertising models in the world of content. And today we have another great guest, the fabulous Melinda Moore, who is the CEO of Moore Media Ventures. And what Melinda does, which is such a hot topic right now and, and so important, I think, for moving our world forward right now, is Melinda really focuses on crowd crowdfunding. And her agency works with entrepreneurs who are looking at a few million dollars through equity crowd funding. Um, and she's just published a new book that's coming out next week. So I thought it would be really relevant to get uh, Melinda on the show now when her book's coming out and to really dig into this, this topic of crowdfunding and how it's revolutionizing business, especially for entrepreneurs who are looking for funding to get their ideas off the ground. So let's have a big Tech Cat welcome for the fabulous Melinda Moore. Hi, Lou. There's the crowd. <laughs> They're very excited to meet you. <laughs> Hi, Lori. It's so exciting to be here. Thank you so much for providing the opportunity for me to be able to speak about the power of crowdfunding. Well, I have been um, a fan of yours for a while and been trying to uh, to work you into the show, and I'm so glad that this is coming at this timing with your book. So give us a, a sense of your background, because I know you were also um, chief marketing officer for a while at the crowdfunding platform Crowdfunder, and so you have a lot of experience in this world, and then you've done so many things in the digital strategy area. So so interesting to see how you're combining all of these things uh, to, to serve serve this, this crowdfunding need. Um, so, so tell us about uh, how you came to be. Excellent. Yes, um, I have been very passionate about entrepreneurship, specifically social entrepreneurship, and have launched a couple companies um, where um, you were really in business to do good. So the last company that I had was called Loving Eco, which was a social conscious company, sort of a, a green guilt where we curated all the best natural products and gave back to charity with every single purchase. And I sold that company a few years back to John Paul DiGiorio, the um, gentleman who runs Paul Mitchell um, products. Oh, fun. 
Exactly. And so, and also I serve as an advisor. I co-founded that company with Justine Lassoff. And so we've um, brought a similar team back and have a new company called Love Goodly, which is based in downtown Los Angeles. And what it is, it's bringing natural products directly to your doorstep through a subscription model. And once again, that's giving back. Our, our current box right now is curated with Alicia Silverstone, and it's giving back to Farm Sanctuary. So I've, over the years, I've been very passionate about entrepreneurship, but also doing good at the same time. And as a female entrepreneur, it's much more challenging to raise money from the traditional guys that are on Sand Hill Road. You basically have to fly up and you have these conversations with them. And what I think is so exciting about crowdfunder is now crowdfunding is now the conversation has moved from the board the boardroom in Sand Hill Road or a country club or a golf club down to the deal room open to the World Wide Web over the internet, which is just a massive shift in really the democratization of the access to capital. And so entrepreneurs are able to powerfully tell their story and get money online. So um, having experienced um, specifically with Loving Eco, when we went to raise the second round, um, we were speaking to mainly men that, quite frankly, didn't understand really how large the natural product space was, even though the company was getting incredible traction. So I know firsthand how hard it is to raise money. So I felt like it's a natural extension to help people find alternative ways to raise money so that they can launch their companies and and move forward in a powerful way. God, that is so interesting. And I I didn't realize that so much of what you were doing was focused on um, doing good. I mean, we all try and do good, but um, to to actually create businesses where you're – you know, contributing to the social good of the world um, is is always wonderful, um, and you've intrigued me about love love goodly. So I'm definitely going to look into that. <laughs> yes, yeah, and, and I think our box is almost sold out. It's it's curated with Alicia Silverstone for Earth Day, and she's just been such a great advocate and um, is is an amazing um, influencer in this space. So we're excited to work with her. So can you tell us or define for us what crowdfunding means? Because for a while it was kind of locked in that ghetto of here's how you raise money for your film. And it has, of course, far expanded outside of that. And uh, I I did a lot with Indiegogo at CES um, with their um, programs around new product um, crowdfunding, which I thought was fascinating. I mean, they're really leading the charge in consumer electronics in many ways. So I'd love to hear, like, how you define it. Absolutely. So as we discussed, crowdfunding is definitely an alternative source of capital, Um, And what it really does is it allows large numbers of people to contribute relatively small amounts of money through the Internet. And it could be to a movie project. It could be to a cause, a technology company, a gadget company. And there's I describe um, quite explicitly in my book, there's two different types of crowdfunding. There's um, that that I address in my book. There's rewards, which is the Indiegogo. Kickstarter, Rocket Hub, pre-sell their product um, 
for money so that they can go into manufacturing. And so, as you said, Indiegogo, and I interviewed the head of technology in Indiegogo in my book, and Indiegogo has become really um, a platform that is all about the power of pre-sales and allowing companies to get funded essentially through pre-sales. And they've just launched an in-demand product, which allows you to continue to sell your product after the campaign's over with. And they're working with entrepreneurs to um, help them learn how to scale through manufacturing and creating sort of badges of trust around which entrepreneurs are using um, the right manufacturers. So that's just, like you said, it's um, rewards can be a great way to launch a movie or launch a tech product. And on the equity side, it is um, a little bit more complex because there's Title II, Title III, Title IV within the Jobs Act that Obama passed in 2012. And then even within Title IV, there's Tier One and Tier Two. So um, I won't get into all of those details now, but obviously if, if readers and listeners are interested, they can... Um, go to Amazon and and look for my book. But what I'd say is it essentially on the equity side, it allows entrepreneurs to raise from a million dollars up to $50 million from the crowd. And um, the difference between rewards and equity is that the backers or investors on the equity side of crowdfunding actually become shareholders and owners in your company. And I think the best way to sort of illustrate the power and difference of that is Oculus. And so Oculus Rift was done as a rewards-based campaign, and they raised a couple million dollars, and the backers received the, um, the goggles. But when the company sold for a couple billion dollars to Facebook, the um, original investors were left with goggles. They weren't left with stock worth valuable amount of money. So I think that illustrates the real difference between um, rewards and equity-based crowdfunding. Well, that is a, a huge distinction. It seems to me, obviously, um, equity favors favors the investor, the funder, um, in a in a better way. You're really taking part in something. Um, and and it, is it true on the Indiegogo side that what they're encouraging a lot uh, on the product side, a lot of these companies to do is not to go to prototype right away, but to to see what the, like to your point, the demand is for the product before they even raise all that money, like see if there's interest in it. Like they're basically crowdfunding an idea. Yes. I think what people need to understand is the psychology of the crowd and all of these um, crowdfunding platforms really essentially um, people by nature are trend followers, not trendsetters, which means that you as an entrepreneur Prior to pressing go on your campaign, you need to make sure that there is um, a real need for the product and being able to test that with actual consumers and being being able to build up a fan base, social following prior to even think about launching the campaign. I mean, ultimately, when you do launch and have success, it does result in market validation for your product one way or the other, meaning whether you get fully funded or you don't get fully funded in a way that's market validation. But I will stress, as you said, you don't want to put up just a prototype. You really want to, in advance, um, make sure that you've tested the product, 
make sure that it really has um, market value, that it's solving a problem in the marketplace, that people want it, and that also as an entrepreneur, that you've already lined up qualified manufacturers to um, produce the product and you know how much it's going to cost you because it's critical when you're doing a raise that you have clarity regarding your business and that, um, you know, the last thing that people like is you say, okay, well, we need this X amount um, to receive this electric bike or this uh, new technology gadget. And then all of a sudden you end up raising that price um, after the the campaign's been shut. So those are the types of things you want to avoid. Uh, I mean, I love all of this because it almost is forcing more transparency in the entire process that just wasn't available before. Um, so both sides, both the person creating whatever it is and the person investing have more transparency. So it's, it's so interesting. We're going to take a break in a moment, but when we come back, um, we're going to talk more about your new book, which is called How to Raise Money, The Ultimate Guide to Crowdfunding, and really get into, you know, how this is working. And I know your your book is filled with insights about how to choose the right path, the right platform, um, because it, it is kind of overwhelming, especially to those of us that, you know, aren't... Um, Aren't, haven't done a lot of equity raises or done any funding ourselves. And I um, love to fund great, great products and great investments. So um, I think this is a, a really exciting book. Um, so we're going to be back with Melinda Moore in a minute and dig into crowdfunding with her fabulous new book on the Tech Cat Show. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. If you are a small business owner or entrepreneur, you may not be aware of the different options available to you in securing business capital in today's market. We discuss and explore these options each week on Small Business Capital America with host Michael Schumacher. There are two primary ways of building business capital. Profits, which are basically higher revenue and reduced expenses, and external or debt capital. Listen live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. If you want to learn how to be a better leader, increase your level of business performance, and motivate your team and organization more effectively, listen for Performing at Your Best, Mindset Evolution with Luis Vicente Garcia. Luis Vicente and his guests will share their expertise and enthusiasm in helping you to succeed. It's combining that drive with business skills that will do just that. Tune in live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hello, everybody. And we were back with the fabulous Melinda Moore, who is our social entrepreneur and a crowdfunding expert. And Melinda is just about to jump into talking about her new book, which is called How to Raise Money, The Ultimate Guide to Crowdfunding. And we were just talking in the previous episode about how crowdfunding is really changing our world and creating a a lot of opportunity for transparency in both sides of the world. So tell us, how how did you get the idea for the book and and give us some some insights around uh, what what you can learn from the book? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I've been an entrepreneur in the crowdfunding space as the CMO crowdfunder and have worked on over 100 campaigns. And I just kept getting so many different questions and there was quite a bit of confusion in terms of what's the difference between rewards and equity. And then within equity, what's the difference between all the different titles of the Jobs Act and how does that impact my ability to raise money, and then also um, how do I run a campaign, what platform do I pick, who do I use, you know, so all of these things are captured. Um, My book is available, will be available next week on Amazon uh, Kindle Direct, and it's just about 50 pages. It's 10 chapters, and the final chapter is a resource guide, which literally has all of the um, information as, as well as including contacts for the top platforms, both on the rewards, the equity, the lawyers, the auditors, the marketing, the PR firms. So essentially, you can read this book, and it'll guide you through the decision-making process on how best to use crowdfunding. But then it'll also give you the specific people of who you can work with and then contact them. So it really allows you to jumpstart your idea. And I think to me, sorry, that's another reason why I was so excited is that I feel like a single idea can change the world. And right now we live in this um, amazing era of like idea abundance. And so whether it's 3D printing that can create human organs or the hyperloop that's going to transport people at 700 miles per hour, I felt it was very important to illustrate to people who have an idea or a startup alternative ways to raise capital outside venture or traditional banks. So let me ask you just uh, as someone who has this uh, relationship with crowdfunding like many of us do and that I hear about it a lot. I see it. I've never dug into creating a product myself. But I I know about Kickstarter and Indiegogo or there are a lot of other crowdfunding platforms out there now. Yes, I, there are actually in the United States now, there's hundreds of crowdfunding platforms. Wow, no idea. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah, there's hundreds. And so it's very important that you match your business to the right platform. And so, for instance, if, you're, if your um, idea is around real estate, there are even a hundred different, at least a hundred different real estate platforms 
I kind of outline in my book what I think are the top platforms across the different verticals. So I outline what's best for technology, what's best for consumer products, what's best for creative products, what's best for, um, you know, fintech. And so there really um, are a, a tremendous amount of choice and opportunity for entrepreneurs to select a crowdfunding platform. Now, if you're on the investment side, um, how are you protected when you put your money into these platforms? I mean, are they all are they all obligated to to follow certain rules and regulations? Well, um, so on the reward side, there's been um, very little fraud, right? There there have been some cases of fraud, but primarily it's usually associated with the fact that the entrepreneur didn't understand the manufacturing side and they just never delivered the product. That has occurred a couple times. Um, so on the reward side, like I said, it's primarily if someone just doesn't deliver the product, that's when the backers can be out of money. Um, as it relates to the equity side, um, it's fairly interesting. On Title Four which is essentially a mini IPO, um, backers and investors are able to actually sell their shares immediately through the OTC markets. And Elio Motors, which was the first company, um, they worked with Start Engine and raised about $17 million on the platform. And then they migrated um, to the OTC market and raised another billion and a half. In just and, and what's OTC? The OTC markets um, is it's it's not Nasdaq or the um, or the New York Stock Exchange. It's essentially a secondary market. It's a, it's called over the counter. It's a oh, security. Cool. Okay. Yeah, it's a security traded. Um, it's similar to Nasdaq. But it's, it's literally um, considered a secondary market. And what I don't think a lot of people understand is the fact that there is a secondary market. And so when you do invest in Title IV deals on the equity side, you're actually, you can get immediate liquidity. And on average, about 600 companies a year migrate from the OTC up to NASDAQ or the New York Stock Exchange. Now, when you're talking about Title II or Title III, where um, entrepreneurs can raise up to a million dollars over a 12-month period, in some cases from accredited, and it's opening up to non-accredited investors actually on May 16th of this year, which is exciting, um, because in the United States, there's about 8 million accredited investors, but there's obviously over 300 million non-accredited investors. And if in you're, if you're, sorry for interrupting, if you're non-accredited, does that mean that you just haven't filed some paperwork? I mean, what's the difference between accredited and non-accredited? Right. So if you're an accredited investor, you make about $250,000 a year consecutively for two years, and you have a net value of over, uh, or a net value of over a million dollars, excluding your home. So that's obviously a wealthier subset of the United States, but non-accredited is actually um, open up to everybody. But there are limits, like you said, the SEC and the Jobs Act do protect, people are only able to invest roughly about 10% of their net income into any um, high-risk early-stage investment. 
Um, but on, you know, people need to understand, and I will say this, that when you are making an investment as an investor on into an equity-based deal and it's early stage, it's on average about eight years before you see an, a, a liquidity event. And that would be either through an IPO or through an acquisition. So people do need to understand that, you know, it's not a fast return and it's very high risk. Got it. So I think what, what's so good, great about what you're talking about and I think what will be helpful to your for people reading your book is to really lay out this landscape of all the different legalities and opportunities on these different platforms because again if you're new to jumping into the space or if you just want you know a better understanding of what all the new titles are and what they really mean that then you have to be educated about all of this are there things that people need to understand in order to run a successful uh crowdfunding campaign some basics Yes, absolutely. I would say um, what I what I always kind of say is that um, there's the famous movie that Kevin Costner was in, that Field of Dreams, build it and he will come. And what I say to entrepreneurs is please don't do that when it comes to crowdfunding <laughs> because people think that because they spend the time to build a campaign page on a platform that the investors are just going to flock to their deal. And that's not how this works. It really takes a couple months of pre-planning to build a highly um, integrated, multi-channel marketing campaign that includes everything from influencer marketing, qualified email lists, PR, even television appearances on MSNBC Power Pitch, anything that you can do to drive people into what I call the investment funnel, which sits on um, a crowdfunding platform. So um, from that perspective, you really do have to have um, a very strong, well-thought-out, integrated um, campaign. And in addition to having that, obviously, it's very important to have a strong story Because ultimately, as an entrepreneur, you're selling your vision, your mission to potential backers. And so the power of storytelling is very, very important in this process. And being able to emotionally connect and provide the why that you're doing this, the why that it's so unique in terms of your team and your ability to execute and to win in the space And to do that, quite frankly, in um, a very powerful investor video because investors are on the go and they're often on their mobile phone. So you're going to have to communicate that um, basically within the first 10 seconds or um, investors will go someplace else because we're just in such a world of data smog. Well, that's a great way to put it, data smog. Um, So again, we always come back to storytelling um, about this because the greatest tech, the greatest uh, investment in the world doesn't mean anything unless you can really communicate it. And I know I've seen many posts before about how do I make my video great on, on, on these platforms. Is it really about creating a great video or can you tell your story with just text or is that video sort of central to communicating your, your plan? Yes, I would say 
that we live, people retain video content with audio much higher than they do just simple text. Um, you have to understand the psychology of human information processing. And so video, and because people are have ADD and they're on the go, um, the video really is the centerpiece. And I'll read a quote from my book that Eric Katz, who's a film producer, and she's the chief marketing officer at Spring, she wrote, a good pitch, like any story, has an act one, two, and three. The best investor pitch immediately bring an investor into the story, into the founder's why, your reason for being, your mission, vision, and purpose, and introduce the lead performers, the team, faces to connect with from an early on in the story, which is really important, and they move into their what and how, act two, what is our product, how it's differentiated, the market opportunity, and where you're headed, and then finally, act three, reiterates the why of the pitch story and how you're how much you're going to raise and what you're going to do with the funds and so then it needs to end reminding the investor of your greater why and I think that's what communicates a clear focus and helps your story resonate well that's a great way to end this section of to really get to the pieces of the puzzle of of telling your story in in a crowdfunding platform so when we come back with the fabulous melinda moore we're going to dig a little bit more into some of the other trends circling around crowdfunding that are really uh, powering this space right now melinda again is the ceo of more media ventures and we'll be back with her on the tech cap show When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Savvy business owners, learn how auspicious timing can have a positive influence on business decisions and strategies. You can achieve your goals while creating a competitive edge in your given field. Tune into Illuminating Feng Shui with host Kathleen Zamansky where classical feng shui and Chinese metaphysics work together to help you discover your strengths and use them at the right times. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. Hey, hey, everybody. So we're back with Melinda Moore, the CEO of Moore Media Ventures. And Melinda's releasing her new book, How to Raise Money, The Ultimate Guide to Crowdfunding, which you can find on Amazon next week. And we were just chatting about the different chapters in the book. And I was commenting um, to Melinda just how you have to keep up with this stuff because things are always changing. And so I'm wondering, Melinda, what, what's going on in the world right now that is fueling all of this? Because there are so many new tech trends, more tech trends, ad tech trends that seem to circle around and impact everything. Is, is there anything that you're paying attention to because you know it's kind of fueling all of this? Sure. Um, yeah, I'm always fascinated by trends and constantly like a little nerd trying to read and attend as many conferences as I possibly can. And I think we really live in extraordinary times. And what I mean by that is that Ideas are really limitless now, and they can advance human potential in such exceptional ways. And I'll give you a couple examples. You know, one, I think the trend of just 3D printing. And what I've even heard from people that are in high school or in college, how people are printing shoes, they're printing products, they're printing computers, people can print human organs. And so the whole advent a 3D printing, I find to be super interesting, particularly as it relates to product development. And also just that people are going to be able to do these things in their home, which is pretty unprecedented. Um, Another area that I think is going to impact crowdfunding and um, entertainment and nonprofits greatly is virtual reality and augmented reality. And so it goes down to the power of storytelling. So if you can really transport somebody into your world and make them feel the passion, the empathy, the reason why, I think you're going to be more powerful at marketing anything. So whether that's a product, a service, a movie, um, and I know you've been kind of involved with virtual reality, so I'd love to get your little take on how you see it changing entertainment and and changing technology. Yeah, I mean, I was just actually when you were talking, I was just envisioning where you would have social social VR, which a lot of companies are playing with right now, where you have all these people log on to a VR experience as a community. And then I could see someone who is looking for equity investing to presenting their product. And so all those people that join on in that VR experience could be potential crowdfunders so that VR um, and AR become another channel for crowdfunding. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, somebody, Somebody's working on that. They've got to oh, be. <laughs> they have to be. I mean, you already see nonprofits like Charity Water and Blake with Tom's Shoes using 360 and using virtual reality as much as they can at their own galas to raise money. And, you know, through Facebook and obviously Facebook purchasing Oculus and what we're seeing with Magic Leap and 
and Meta and all these new companies that are so exciting and they're really going to transform storytelling. So I think that that's obviously really interesting. I also just think um, from a marketing perspective that it's so much easier for somebody now that we have Wix and Squarespace. It used to be so expensive to create websites to sell your product. But now there really are all these tools that sort of democratized technology and it makes it so much easier for you to basically launch a company. And then with the power of Facebook and Facebook mobile and being able to do ads and you can create them yourself. I mean, what I say is the more people are able to empower themselves with some basic tools and the more they're able to have self-expression and ultimately when you're have the self-expression, I think you're creating happier people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I prefer prefer to be on a planet where people are smiling versus grimacing. (laughs) Yeah, no, so do I. Um, I like it in my house when everybody's smiling too. You know, it's, uh, (laughs) you, you, uh, when you said that, I was just thinking too about, um, you know, I teach this class uh, one semester a year at Loyola Marymount. It's called the M school and it's in the marketing school and um, it's a technology content class. And the final project is when these students get together and, um, you know, pitch a, content uh, social marketing plan to some brands that we've connected them to and what I'm always blown away by and again this year is that they were building almost full-on websites for this presentation using Wix and Squarespace and all of those things and that these 20 year olds are building the types of sites that we played hundreds of thousands of dollars for a couple of years ago um, you know and telling a story with these modern tools so it you're absolutely right that it's it's a very exciting time because of all that all these tools um, and, and Facebook do you think Facebook will retain its relevancy you know I actually do um, I am a I'm a believer in Facebook in terms of a platform that will continue to evolve over time um, And you can see now that they're starting to favor video in the algorithm. And with the purchase of Oculus, you'll start to see more advanced virtual reality, storytelling. And then they just have great um, tools to do advertising on their platform. And as I said before, people are mobile. So you want to reach them on the go and wherever they are. Um, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I do wonder, um, just because, you know, my step teenagers and uh, all the other sort of kids in the class uh, that I teach, they don't, they're not so much on Facebook, but I do think they will age into Facebook, which seems to be happening with everything else they do, that they move away from the platforms they were on and more into Gen X and boomer like behaviors as they get older. Do you think that's true? You know, I think it'll be interesting to watch because right now, obviously, it's true. Um, A lot of the millennials are now on Snapchat, and Snapchat is obviously just released stories, and it's all about images and video and really sharing your story. So um, it'll just be interesting to watch Snapchat sort of evolve as a business, you know, over time in terms of advertising and monetization but I do think that's an interesting platform but I I, I do think that people will migrate over to Facebook because it's ultimately about connection and so 
you want to connect with your family, you want to connect with your friends. And so people will be on multiple platforms. Do you think, um, just from a demographic perspective, because uh, you're kind of famous for starting Tuesday nights, which I'd love for you to talk to everybody about, but is 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 uh, crowdfunding, you know, more men, more women? Um, is there any sort of uh, demo breakdown and, and who's really leveraging it on both sides? Okay, well, that's a fantastic uh, question. Thank you. So I think, um, so one of the reasons why I was really excited to write this book is being a female entrepreneur, it's much harder for us to raise money because less than 8% of venture partners are women. And I experienced this firsthand, which is one of the reasons why I wrote this book and why I am um, prone to um, embracing more alternative forms to finance. And so um, on the reward side of the business, the backers over 60% of them are women. So you are seeing women um, come in and support the campaigns. Now, for equity, we I would say less than 10% of angel investors and backers are women, and probably less than 10% of campaigns are also run by women. I do think this is going to change in the next decade as we see or females becoming entrepreneurs and the initial data shows they're more resourceful with, with, they do more with less money. They're um, better at collaborative leadership. And there's just a lot of data that's coming out and supporting um, female entrepreneurs. So I think that um, right now, one of the things is in or we need more female entrepreneurs embracing crowdfunding both the rewards and equity and we need them backing um so it has to be it's two sides of the coin right we have to have the entrepreneurs and we have to have the investors so it's very yin and yang what what about age-wise is there any sort of uh, does does it seem like it's more gen x and boomer who are spending the money um or 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 is it really across the board it is from 20s up, but it's definitely in the 30s and 40s that have more disposable income that are able to make these types of investments. So probably I'd say 28 to 50 is kind of the sweet spot on the investor side. And is that because uh, boomers are not as comfortable with a non-traditional investment platform? Because the big secret is boomers have all the dough and I don't know why we don't market more to them or talk more about them, but they do have a lot of money. And so um, is, is crowdfunding just too foreign to them? Uh, yes. I think right now it's so new. It's a little bit like the wild, wild west. And I think that's going to evolve. Um, you're starting and I speak, I speak to a lot of broker dealers um, because of the OTC markets and the secondary markets and immediate liquidity and, and being able to, um, immediately offload or buy and sell shares that you're going to see more um, investment brokers and financial advisors um, who might take five or 10% of somebody's money and start to invest them in some of these opportunities and the technology through um, companies like Folio and Fund America and Bank are, will enable people to move money directly from like their 401ks or IRAs or Schwab accounts directly into these type of opportunities. So 
one is it's an education issue and two is technology because it's not easy to it, it wasn't easy to move the money around there's been too much investor friction in the funnel Wow, those are all good points. We're going to take a, a break in a moment, but I'd love to find out, you know, how you um, get the word out about what you're doing. Are there crowdfunding conferences? Where can people find you? You know, and obviously, um, your book is coming out: How to Raise Money: The Ultimate Guide to Crowdfunding um, on Amazon next week. I, I'd love to find out how you produce the book too, um, and what tools you use. So we're going to be back in a moment with Melinda Moore, the social entrepreneur, who's just uh, such a smarty pants, uh, if I may use an old expression, (laughs) (laughs) about crowdfunding. And we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Did you know where you bank really matters? Values-based banking is a growing, global, viable alternative to the current banking system. Find out how you can join, share, and participate in a positive money movement that is designed to put the power back in your pockets. Listen for Building Banking on Values with host Linda Ryan. Your money matters. There is a solution, and you can be a part of something greater. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's about a different kind of banking. How is your marketing going? Really? Mm-hmm. Not so good? What could you be doing wrong? You spent a lot of time and money on your marketing, tried to follow what other successful people are doing, and yet your business marketing plan is still coming up short. Try something new. Tune into Extreme Exposure, the power of personality marketing with host Jackie McClinigan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It just might work for you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, This has been a really informative show for me. I have learned so much chatting with Melinda Moore and really getting the scoop on crowdfunding. Um, And it's sort of excited me to, uh, to, to play more um, on the investment side, because certainly I've been buying products on Indiegogo like we've been talking about, but I never thought about maybe, you know, playing with bigger money. Um, and so I'm wondering, are there uh, platforms that, say, women go to or men go to to find out about investments? I mean, are some platforms more on the female side and on the male side? 
Well, it's so interesting that you say that because actually tomorrow I'm going to meet with the CEO of Funder Lift, and Funder Lift is apparently just a, a new crowdfunding platform that's just for women. Ah. So um, I do think that we're going to see um, so many different niche sites pop up. Um, yeah, that, that to- it totally makes sense because, you know, I, I grew up with uh, parents who were like Eastern European Jews and my father would always say, you know, I want to spend money on Jews. I, you know, that was like his thing. So um, I, I could definitely see people wanting to fund and support, you know, programs and initiatives and cultures that map back to, to personal interests. Uh, yeah, agreed. I actually, my father is a stockbroker, so I think that um, embedded in me just some some business savvy, but he always said to me, it's best to advise people to invest in um, the companies and the verticals that they're familiar with because you don't want to push people too far out of their comfort zone. And so people do tend to invest in the companies and the businesses that they are familiar with and that they're comfortable with and that they want to back. Totally, totally, totally makes sense. So my father invested in a lot of Schwartz's. Schwartz's. Now, is there, are there conferences and places that we can go to, to learn more about crowdfunding? Um, There are, Uh, of course, there's different conferences. I'm going to be speaking if you're in Los Angeles, not this Friday, but next Friday at digital Hollywood, I'm also going to be on Business Rockstars on May 17th, and that's significant because, as we discussed a little bit earlier, on May 16th, crowdfunding opens up, Title III opens up to the non-accredited investors, so everybody can get into the game. Um, And then I'm going to be speaking tonight at USC. I'm going to do some college campuses, so Yale, UCLA, um, press articles, that type of thing. and later this year, looking to do a TEDx Women Talk. Oh, great. So I'm just trying to get the word out as much as possible in terms of the education and inspiring people who have ideas or startups to actually move them forward with the guidance of my book. And the book, How to Raise Money, The Ultimate Guide to Crowdfunding, it's going to be available on Amazon. Did you use a lot of digital platforms to create the book? Did you crowdfund the publishing of the book? Um, You know, the book is actually, I'm using Amazon Kindle Direct for distribution. Great. Um, And so I'll start there and maybe expand to other platforms. And if it makes sense, I'll print a version. I'm not really sure. I'm I'm more of a a zeros and ones kind of lady. But, 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 you know, to be honest, the the book was really written... um, by myself. And then Lori Kozlowski um, is my editor and she's fantastic. She used to write um, a column for Forbes um, with entrepreneurs and startups. So she was like the perfect person to edit the book. Um, But it was actually done, the writing was done in a traditional way on my laptop using Word, but then, and then obviously creating um, some infographics and and the artwork, but the distribution is going to be all online. And do you find yourself now, um, are you tweeting a lot? Are you posting to a lot of crowdfunding communities? Like, how do you get the word out there? Where should people go to hear more from you? Yes. So I have my website, which is melindamore.com. 
And um, I can be found on Facebook, on Twitter, Melinda at Melinda underscore more. I'm on Instagram, Melinda at Melinda USA. And um, I am, once I have the link, the live link to Amazon, I will be tweeting and blogging. And, and there's, there are a number of specific crowdfunding websites. And so um, I'm going to be working with them to get the word out. And that's also just another great way if, if people are um, more interested in learning more about um, crowdfunding. I highlight this in my book, but there are um, specific news sites out there just for crowdfunding. So there's the Crowdfund Network, there's crowdsourcing.org, and there's Crowdfunder, Crowdfund Insider. So these are um, sites that just cover news and deals and disruptive finance. Well, that's cool. That's a lot of great, great resources. Um, and I, I just had a question for you just in terms of like, you know, in your house, do you have a lot of um, crowdfunded products? Like is your world very much, you know, in this ecosystem or do you, you know, turn off the lights and you're done with it? Or is it sort of living and breathing? No, it's living and breathing. I'm so excited. I participated in the Giro campaign, which was a luggage campaign. So I'm super excited to get that. I participated in Ring for my doorbell. I um, have participated in different lenses because I love to shoot photography. So different lenses that I found on Indiegogo. Um, So I will say that. um, And then also... In fact, Loving Eco, when I created the logo, I crowdsourced the logo through 99designs. So I'm definitely, a, and, and I've used Tongle as well to do campaigns, which you can crowdsource creative and advertising campaigns. So I have to say that I feel fundamentally that sometimes the power of the crowd in terms of their creativity is, is better than just hiring an agency or one person to do something. Why not open it up to the crowd for your logo, for your new company, um, or even to get tech support? Oh, yeah, I would love that. I mean, I definitely think that we're about to see a fundamental shift in almost how every business operates because of this model. Um, you know, you, you could see, see it changing how business gets done. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also just to say this, it's really changed peer-to-peer loans. And, you know, GoFundMe has raised so much for for people's causes as well. Just to bring it back to that is that, um, you know, last year crowdfunding was over a $40 billion business between rewards, equity, lending, and donations. And it's been doubling consecutively for the last four years. And I, I do see that trend continuing. God, it makes me want to do something with my 401k. Um, (laughs) Well, we have been talking with Melinda Moore of Moore Media Ventures, who is a social entrepreneur and an expert in digital strategy and crowdfunding. And her new book, How to Raise Money, The Ultimate Guide to Crowdfunding, will be out next week, right, on Amazon? Yes, it's going to be on Amazon Kindle Direct, and I will be promoting it off my own personal website, which is melindamore.com. And Lori, thank you so much for um, having me participate on your show. This has been so much fun, and it's always great to just like get the word out. 
Well, we have loved having you, and I don't think I've learned um, more on a show than I have today, and I really do feel like I'm going to be writing some checks soon. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a little dangerous. It's very dangerous. So thank be, you, Melinda be Moore. Of your PayPal account. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Melinda Moore. Crowdfunding, how to raise money, the ultimate guide to crowdfunding. And we'll um, see you all next week on the Tech Cat Show. Um, get out and check out all those crowdfunding platforms and, and enjoy this new world of sharing the love. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 